Good morning and welcome to Faith in Flagler. My name is Brian McMillan. I'm your host. I'm also the publisher of the Observer newspapers in Palm Coast and Ormond Beach. Thank you so much for listening to Faith in Flagler because building faith strengthens our community. And I want to say thank you to three sponsors, Douglas Property and Development, a company that's been in Palm Coast in this area for decades. Um, they've, they're the main driving force behind Town Center. Uh, they support the show. Big John's Appliances, which is part of an outreach um, of Pastor Charles Solano and Grace Community Church. Um, Big John's Appliances on US1, where you can get scratch and dent appliances and help help a cause. And then third is Stevenson Wilcox and Associates. Um, my good friend Dan Wilcox, he's a big supporter of this concept. Um, they've been doing surveying in the community for decades as well. So um, I have in the studio with me Pastor Ted Dudak of Lighthouse Bible Church. Thanks for joining me, Ted. Oh, thanks for having us, Brian. Um, Lighthouse Bible Church is at 15 Hargrove Lane, Building 4. So not the traditional church with a steeple. Correct. Tell, tell me, you said you started the church 13 years ago. The first meeting was in your house and then eventually moved over into that that uh, that building. So what is the church experience there that you think is different? You've been in churches that are more like, you know, cathedral-like or, you know, different different things. What is the What is the building itself Sometimes, I imagine in some ways it almost could add to the experience if you look at it in the right perspective. But tell me what it's like to be in that building and, uh, you know, being in a non-traditional church setting. Yeah, it, I, w- I was saved in a large church uh, down in Ormond Beach. And yeah, I had that stage and the theatrics and, and everything else. And, and uh, then when I planted the church, uh, we had our first couple uh, church services in my home. And then we rented a Belltale Elementary uh, School cafeteria mm-hmm. for a while. And, and this building, uh, I knew the church that was in this building uh, had just closed its doors, and uh, one of the former members had told me about it, so we went in. And, I, of course, from the outside, it, it looks like a, just your typical warehouse. Yeah. There's, there's suite, four suites on each side, and, and then uh, when, when you open the door, it's, it's absolutely blown out. It looks like an absolute sanctuary. It's mm-hmm. amazing how that is. And mm-hmm. it's funny how every time we have a guest, they say, well, when, when I looked from the outside, it— didn't look like a church, but when I came in, they were all blown away by it. So, yeah, yeah uh, uh, we're not to worship the building. Uh, yeah. but we're to worship the Word of God. So it doesn't matter where we meet, right? Right. Uh, is it? I'm trying to think of the verse here. Samuel sixteen seven, I think it is. Uh, the, the Lord looks on the heart. Uh, the heart. Not on the outward appearance like, like the rest of us do. Right. We, I don't care how, you know, faithful of a person you are. It's just human nature. A lot of times we, we make these little snap judgments based on what we see with our eyes. Yeah. And then we get surprised by that we were wrong. Yeah. It happens all the time, though, all day yeah. long. You know, I make wrong judgments, and then you know, hopefully um, God can teach us. Sure. Oh, absolutely, Brian, yeah. But you know what? <clears throat> that's kind of a, that's a good thing because I'm sure, you know, I, I would hope that God sees the good in me, even if other people kind of judge me badly. So <laughs> that's true. You know, when the church first started way back in the day, when Paul and and the apostles broke off and started churches, they had home churches, and it seemed you to mean me literally in a house, literally in, in a house, house, yeah, because right. they were mostly underground churches. They didn't have big synagogues, of course, and and uh, it, it, even it, you think about the deep south. If there's a church on every 
in every neighborhood. Yeah, seems like, and it. it seems like that's how God intended, you know, to have small churches spread out everywhere. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you look through the Book of Acts; there were churches breaking off of churches. You know? And uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about big churches; they're yeah. wonderful. But uh, I've always loved the small church. It mm-hmm. just seemed uh, more family oriented. You're not you're not a number in the back pew. You're you know you're you're uh, you're a follower of Christ, and it's just more family oriented. So yeah. I love that. I love that effect. Um, the the big churches in in our community too. I mean, on the the scale of the good they can do is mm-hmm. is, is oh. awe inspiring and, oh, and wonderful. Absolutely, yes. Um, but you mentioned again before we got on the air that you. Um, you were a FedEx deli- deliverer, <laughs> thirty-eight years. So yeah. tell me, um, you know, and you're you're going taking classes at, at, in a, yes. in theology. Yeah. So I was just wondering, as you're saying that, like, so you're delivering these packages, and are you thinking <laughs> about like I'm delivering the word of God? I'm delivering packages. Like, what is? Did you ever kind of have any spiritual metaphors that came oh, to mind? Oh my God, yes. Uh, it's hard, I, hard to not think about it, probably, as you're going through classes, and then yeah, I would, I would always pray because most of my customers were residential area, so I did the F and the C section where I used to live, also. And I remember every package I would deliver, I would, I would always ask God to just give me an opportunity to. Mm. to to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with maybe this customer or that customer, or maybe they could ask me questions about. So I, I, I would always pray during my entire uh, job, my route. Um, but it was difficult. The first 10 years um, since I planted the church, I was still a full-time employee, a father, a husband, mm-hmm. and a seminary student at night. So mm-hmm. preparing for sermons was pretty tough. So my wife basically gave up a lot of our time so I could study and prepare Sunday sermons, but it was, it was tough yeah. uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember any of those early sermons? All of them. Uh, because I preached <laughs> book by book, yeah. so I remember every book I've preached through so far for, for the last 14 years. Huh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So tell me about, more about the story of First uh, Samuel. Um. <laughs> First Samuel, actually, we just, we just went through First Samuel and Second Samuel on... Um, on Wednesday nights. Mm. Uh, B and I retired now with FedEx uh, mm-hmm. two years ago. Now we have a Wednesday right. night Bible study. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, First Samuel. Uh, what a book, right? Uh, the people wanted a king. Uh, they didn't want to. They didn't want God as their their leader. They wanted a king, and, and God says, "Okay, I'll give you a king." And of course, look what happened with Saul, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, David came to the rescue. And, uh, just a great, great story. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I would uh, sometimes my I put my son when I put my son to bed. You know, mm-hmm. he's five years old. For a while, he wanted to hear First Samuel seventeen, David and Goliath. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody. <laughs> he was wants just to obsessed hear that with that story. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit more about the what I would call the the Sunday school answers. Mm-hmm. You know, in our church, that's what sometimes people people call them. It's like when you ask a question about how, you know, about how can you get closer to God? How mm-hmm. can you, you know, do this? It's three things. Yeah. Prayer, sure. scripture study, and going to church. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it said so much in our in our meetings that like people kind of, it almost goes in, in one ear, out the other. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, we know we should do that. But I wanted to talk about a little bit about each one of those mm-hmm. and how we can make it more effective because like, all the all three of those things are the power of harnessing the power of god in your sure life. absolutely um but if we just kind of do them because you know 
Routine. We, yeah. By, by routine. Yeah, there's yeah. so much routine in our right. lives, and a lot of things are good about routine, and you should, you need to have it in your routine. Mm-hmm. But how do you have it in a routine and have it be powerful? So let's talk about prayer. Yeah. You mentioned as you're driving around, you were constantly praying. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, so what, what did you pray about? Oh, well, you know, the Bible of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Now, we, we can't do that because mm-hmm. we can't function. But what the writer is saying there is just have a God awareness, you know, of every situation in your life, knowing that God, of course, is, is omniscient. You know, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So just having a God awareness, uh, I believe, because that's constant prayer, just knowing that, that God is there and, and you're praying for decisions, good decisions. You're praying for you know, your right motives when you're serving someone else or yeah, prayer is, is something that uh, it's just not taught in the church anymore. Can, jo- can God change your motives? Oh, absolutely. How does he do that? Well, by praying. <laughs> <laughs> because we want to go our own way. We want to do our own thing. So he always asks, right? I mean, Jesus' prayer was, for you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So we always pray for God's will to be done in our lives. Yeah. yeah. Does uh, when Sometimes I think it sounds like a bad thing in a way. Well, this is what I want. This is my motivation. If my motivation were to change, then I wouldn't really be who I am anymore. Mm. And I think maybe sometimes we have a little reluctance to want to give up that kind of a control over, you know, it's not even control. It doesn't feel like I'm making Mm. a choice to love who I love, do what I do, want what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, my desires don't, I don't, I don't change those. I didn't pick my desires mm-hmm. in life. They just, they are. Yeah. So, but, but does, what, what's the good thing about having God try to alter any of that? Oh, well, when we're saved, we're, we're called to be conformed to the, the image of his son. I mean, that's why we were saved. That, uh, so we're conformed to be the image of his son. So basically what that means is just dying to self I mean, the, the scriptures are clear in that, dying to self, picking up your cross and following me. And, that, the, and that, that's the part that we don't like. Is we want to do our own thing. We want to go our own way. We want to worship the way we want to. But that's ignoring scripture. And, and that's why I'm always, I always go back to the scriptures. What do the, what do the scriptures say? And I think by praying a lot, uh, you're conforming yourself with God's will. It allows yeah. him to work on it. It allows him to shape and mold the character. Yeah. Uh, who, who are we to clay to say to the potter, why did you make me this way? Mm-hmm. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, some, um, what are some things that you pray about now? Boy, that he would just keep me motivated in the ministry. Yeah, this is. Do you find that it's hard to have that motivation? Because it goes against our nature. Brian, if that makes any sense, it goes because I might nature. I might want to watch this football game <laughs> right. rather than preparing for right. And, and I tell people in the congregation, <laughs> especially when it's football playoffs, right? Speaking of football, where's your heart this morning before we even start? If it's on the game, then you could leave now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Has anybody ever left? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, I take worshiping God very very seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, Sundays, we don't go to church to feel good about ourselves. That's not where we're going. We're going here to worship our creator, our sustainer, the sustainer of the universe. So, How do you, how do you worship God? In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth, in prayer and John, study of John the Word. John 4. Yeah, yeah. So what, how, but meaning what? I mean, are you worshiping God right now? Uh, 
doing this interview? Yeah. How, how, okay, let's okay. Keep yeah. go, keep going. What do you mean by that? Well, how is that worshiping this is, God? This is going to be aired, mm-hmm. so that's a way of getting God's word out, and that's a way of honoring the Lord by getting His, his so, word out. So our actions, trying yeah. to to follow, mm-hmm. um, if if we believe that what we're doing is is uh, following God, then yeah. that's worshiping Him. Yeah, Amen. And, and, and it's being kind of a, a, it's being a good testimony to to those around you. To those who don't know the Lord, uh, being a light, right, into the darkness as Jesus was, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to be as, as Christ-like as we possibly can. Yeah. Uh, we, do we trip and fall and fail? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why we have a Savior to lean on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just being a testimony, I believe, is one of the most uh, God-glorifying things that a Christian can do. Which is part of what it really means yeah. to worship. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think of worshiping as sort of like, I don't know, bowing down, prostrate, you know. <laughs> well, that's to, what he did to Nebuchadnezzar back in Babylon. Yeah, that, that yeah, was totally Yeah, is that not worshiping an idol? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, the sense of worshiping right. an idol or yeah. worshiping something, anything that is not God. Right. You know, we can worship a celebrity. We can worship our TV remote. Yeah. Right. But is there is there anything wrong with, like, if I, if I were to go to a concert, mm-hmm. um in the same sense of like, you know, if anything related to God, mm-hmm. am I technically then worshiping that, that artist? Is there, is there something, would you counsel someone to not go to a concert, a, oh, a secular no, abso- concert? Absolutely not. No, no, no. I would never do that. Uh, you don't worship the artist. You don't worship, you know, God gave us common sense. He's given us freedoms. We have liberty in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how we use those liberties. It doesn't give us a license to, to do anything, of course, but it gives us liberty to, you know, to have some freedom. So I listen to sec. I love country music. Yeah, I listen to country music all the time. Sure, absolutely. Do you think that it's possible to? Is that taking a break from worshiping God, or can you be worshiping God while listening to country music? You could be worshiping God <laughs> driving your car. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends um, on your heart and your motives, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. I think sometimes I've watched a movie or read a book or listened to music and think that that maybe is kind of. Uh, you know, th- this person is making this, this character is making mm-hmm. a, a choice that's clearly contrary to God's mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes even just acknowledging that and being aware of that is is part of, in a way, it's sort of a personal expression of faith for yeah. me to to understand to try mm-hmm. to judge righteous judgment in a sure, sense. Sure, absolutely. Um, it's kind of something that you know. I guess everybody wrestles with. We can't be legalistic, neither, Brian. Yeah, you know, there's a fine line with that. We can't be legalistic. Mm-hmm. So what about um, Bible study? Yes. My what, favorite topic. <laughs> what do people, you know, say, let's say somebody, um, you know, reads the Bible occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to read? How, how do you go about reading the Bible and, and how do you make it uh, the most powerful kind of experience that you can? Yeah, well, even, even before I w- was a pastor, uh, when I was a, a, a layman, um, when I was saved and I would have a devotion every morning uh, because that's what our pastor had said. This is when the first thing you want to do when you wake up in the morning is, is have a devotion with God, get into his word and pray. And I've been doing that since the day I was saved and I still do it today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bible study is the most important thing. I, I, I don't think you should just have to learn from a Bible teacher or from a pastor. I believe um, by diving into God's word and, and well, I always tell people before you dive into God's word, pray. Pray that he would open up your mind and heart to receive the truth of the word of God and give you 
uh, you know, just confirmation mm-hmm. and then living it out. I, I think if we don't live out what we are taught or what we preach, then we become hypocritical. And I think when we do live out the words of God that we're reading, God would just give us that much more knowledge in, in his word. Sometimes it might feel like, you know, this is a book that was written thousands of years ago, and some things mm-hmm. clearly are culturally very different from what we're dealing with now. Yes, absolutely. How, how, do, you, how do you help somebody to see how it could apply to you today? Yeah, well, um, everybody always says, the popular phrase is, well, what, is, what does that mean to me? And I tell them, well, says, well, let's first find out what it means. <laughs> and that's, that's the whole part. People want to take God's word and, and try to mold it and shape it into justifying their character. Mm-hmm. And we need to take, the Bible's black and white. It's, there's no gray in the, in the word of God. So that's why I tell people, read through books, read verse by verse. And uh, that's the way you know, I think God intended us to read the word of God. Sometimes I think it's possible to take a verse or two absolutely out of context a little bit, yes, sir, without thinking yes. of the big yes. picture. Yes, so it's it, it's difficult, you yes. know. I guess that's why you know how can I how can I learn without a preacher? Well, exactly, right? How could people learn? What, what does Romans say that without the you know, blessed are the feet of those who who mm-hmm. preach the good news of Publish Jesus the peace Christ? Yeah, in the King James. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so do you, what tools do you use? What would you recommend somebody who's out there listening and thinking, yeah, yeah. I think I do need to, you know, spend a little more time, but I, I've got this old dusty Bible and yeah, well, how, I, how I, you, I would recommend a study Bible. Okay. First and, and foremost, but the studies also, that you mean that would have some commentary with it. Yes. Yeah. Is that not just somebody's interpretation or maybe exactly. you have to read it yeah. with a grain well, of salt? Exactly. You, you don't take all that literally. We only take the, you know, we're, iron sharpens iron, of course. But uh, having a, a, a commentary on, on maybe a, a wonderful reformer or a theologian that you, that you put your trust in is good to have. Uh, but iron sharpens iron. But I always tell people, you know, uh, do, do research. Do research with other pastors. Like I love Charles Haddon Spurgeon. You know, I love uh, uh, John Wesley, Jonathan Edwards, all the, the, the patriarchs. And, uh, and even the, the people today, John MacArthur's and the, with the Vody Bockums and the R.C. Sprawls, those are those are men I trust, mm-hmm. and I would uh, you know get their commentaries and, and and just study them. And as we go through books by books, but that's that's a great way to learn. Yeah. yeah. What did you read the Bible this morning? I did. What did you read? Uh, actually, currently on Sundays we're going through the Sermon on the Mount. We're going through Matthew on Sundays, so Very I am good. in uh, Matthew chapter five and. Uh, the one I was just studying this morning was "Blessed are the peak of peacemakers, uh, for they shall be called the sons of God." So that's the last thing I studied this morning. What do you think it means to see God? I, blessed I, are the pure in heart. Is yeah, that, is blessed that, are the pure in heart. They, they shall, shall see, see God. God. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Uh, I think pure motives. Uh, I think um, so. If you have pure motives, yeah. Then what does that mean that you'll see God? Well, just being pure in heart, uh, being honest. Uh, I think the only thing, the only way we can really see God is through His Word. Uh, he clearly reveals Himself through His Word. Uh, but the the more, and we we're talking about the Beatitudes, the more the more the Beatitudes we adopt to our lives, the more we will see God, because the more we will understand Him, because we're becoming more like Christ. Uh, and I believe when you become more like a son, you see the Father more clear. Mm-hmm. So, what you've seen. The Father do is what I do. What is that verse? <laughs> right. What does it say? Oh, the Father and I are one, right? Yeah. yeah. 
the triune Godhead, yes, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal, uh, before the foundation of the world, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, let's talk about church, mm-hmm. church attendance, the yep. th- third one mm-hmm. there. So what if I told you, you know what, I, church is fine for some people, but I kind of like, I, I commune with God by standing in front of the ocean. <laughs> I've heard that a lot. Uh, I, have I, to. I, I go right to scripture in Hebrews <laughs> chapter, I think it's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we're commanded to meet corporately. Uh, so I would share why, that. Why do you think scripture. that, why do you think God wants us to meet together in person? Strength in numbers. Do you think we need that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I believe so. What, yeah. what strength do you feel like you've gotten from being in numbers? Encouragement. Um, it, it's encouraging to be around, uh, a lot of believers. Why is that? Yeah. You, maybe you've, you uh, you might start to feel like yeah. you're alone in your beliefs. Well, we all we all have different struggles. We all have we'll have different paths that God has us on, and sometimes we 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 fall off those paths. So it's good to have somebody accountable to help pick you up and and uh, take you along the way. So I, that's why I think I think of people who worship at home, and that's been very common since COVID, right, Brian? I mean, yeah, uh, people are doing FaceTime. Yeah. But I just, I just don't. You need to be there to worship in person, or it's just a different experience. So you sit up in front of your congregation. Yes. How many people are in the congregation at one time? We have anywhere from eighty to a hundred on Sunday. So when you're sitting there, mm-hmm. um, you know you're about to give your sermon. You're yes. looking out at the faces of everybody mm-hmm. there. What goes through your mind when you're looking out at everybody? Don't mess it up. <laughs> you feel some pressure stick to your notes well there's always pressure because the responsibility I, I have a feeling talking to you I, I don't even know you but i have a feeling you don't need that many notes uh i i try to stick to them because we can go off with, we can go down rabbit holes sometimes so i try to stick to my notes and i just i i pray every time before i preach i i pray i says lord just i don't want to stand in the way of your word just use me as a vessel mm-hmm. so because yeah. those you feel that they need to experience the word. Yes. That's why they're there. Absolutely. That's what's important about a verse by verse, book by book, because, you know, Jesus, what did he say? The last, his last the command to the disciples, go and make disciples of nations. I'll do the saving. You go disciple. You know, mm-hmm. Pastors were called to, to equip the saints of God. Sometimes when I go to events, no matter what kind of event, whether it's at church or elsewhere, but yeah. I think of all the little you just kind of look around and see all these little conversations happening. Yes. Little smiles on people's mm-hmm. faces. And I think those are little, little miracles that are happening because we're all in the same room. Absolutely. So when you see that at church, um, what, what do you think is happening in the lives of people when they're there? Oh yeah. He's just preparing us for eternity. You know, one thing about our church is Brian, it's, it's, it's small enough where we have sweet fellowship. You know, everybody knows everybody. And I have, I basically got to kick people out after church <laughs> because we sit around and we talk and we talk about problems and we discuss yeah. our problems and what the word taught us that day and how can we apply that to our lives. And the kids are involved in that. And it's so sweet to look at. And I just sit there amazed sometimes and I don't want to push people out because I'm mm-hmm. hungry too. I want to go to lunch, but <laughs> I just love those conversations. I think God is preparing those, preparing us for eternity because everything's going to be so sweet. Yeah. Um, do people in the church have a chance to serve each other? Like there's sort of volunteer roles yes. or something in your yes. church. I think most churches do. What do you think of their contribution? Oh, they, everybody in the church, Brian, from the, from the nursery worker to the greeter, 
to the person who puts up signs on Sundays mornings, to the person who prints the bulletin, um, is equally as important as the pastor. Um, we we serve each other. When we we serve our widows. We, if someone is struggling with something, we we have a team that goes and ministers. It's very very important, you know, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, the yeah. body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Very good. Well, um, thank you, Pastor Ted Dudek. Oh, thanks for having me, Brian. Lighthouse Bible Church yes. at 15 Hargrove Lane, Building 4. If someone wanted to show up, what time should they go there? Well, our, our, our Wednesday service, our Wednesday Bible studies are at 6.30. We're currently going through the book of Genesis. I just finished up chapter 2. And on Sundays, uh, we start at 10.15, but you can come at 10 and have some fellowship and coffee, and our service starts at 10.30. And we're currently going through the book of Matthew. Very cool. Yeah. Um, well, thank you to, for listening to this show. Um, Thanks to Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates for supporting the show. Um, you can listen to this episode and all the other previous ones on Spotify and Apple at Faith and Flagler. We'll see you next week. <laughs>